You know, for just a moment, I think I'd like to do something. I'd like you to just all stand up, just for a moment. We sat down, just all stand up. I want to talk about something we see here in the Word of God that we want to take in this message, and that is, we're going to look in Isaiah 61, but as you're standing up, realize you are special with God, very special. And there's never anything to be ashamed about as a Christian. You are a child of God, a child of the King, and you have special privileges and blessings and honors that he gives you that the church of Christ doesn't need to live in a defensive or reactionary mode today. We can live in the strength and power of Jesus in every way. And I just want to encourage you all, you can sit down, but we, the title of the message today is, You're Special. You are really special, and I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me if you have them, or you have your computer, whatever you have, your phone. We have Bibles here. You raise your hand, we'll bring you a Bible. To Isaiah chapter 61. We've looked some during the Christmas season in the book of Isaiah. But today as we look at this great message of that we're special. It's going to go beyond just the fact that we are a child of God, but we have also been given a special calling by a very special Savior. And probably the word special does not even describe our Lord. Uh, the Word of God says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. As Isaiah was writing through the power of the Spirit of God, he did not fully comprehend what he was writing with his pen. I believe he saw the Messiah. He saw something coming. It was Isaiah that even wrote about the cross. In Isaiah 53, he saw a crucified Lord. But as he moves past where we looked earlier in the, in, in the month as we were studying during Christ's birth, he begins to speak about the work of Christ and what it does in our hearts as God works in a mighty way. And I want you to read with me, beginning in Isaiah 61, just a couple of verses. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, writes Isaiah, through the Lord inspiring him, prophesying of Jesus, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, give them a garland, that's a covering, instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting, so that they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. What we see here is Jesus speaking about a very special ministry. Jesus himself, God's only son, came with the greatest work that was ever pronounced upon the earth, but he came to special people. If you look with me in that first verse, let's just get a picture of who they were. 
They were the afflicted, the first verse. They were the brokenhearted. They were captives and they were, they were prisoners. And when you think about it in the Christian's life, what was it that brought you to Jesus? Usually it is when somewhere you recognize I'm the prisoner. I am the captive. I am the brokenhearted. Without the Lord, I am nothing. And it's the very way in which we come to Jesus. But notice what also Jesus said here as we look at this. He comes, verse 1, to bring good news to the afflicted. Bind up the brokenhearted. Proclaim liberty to captives, freedom to prisoners. Proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and comfort all who mourn and to grant them that covering, that blessing. And here we see Isaiah speaking prophetically, writing prophetically of what Jesus was going to do and what Jesus was going to be. But more than that, we're going to see him open up another part of this puzzle, and that is what we are through Jesus. When I speak of you, you being special, we were blessed to have uh, most of our family here, except one of our grandsons, the last service. We don't get together like that very often, 25 of them. And they start about this high. And they all fit in our house last night, and it's really quite an experience. Uh, uh, they move quickly. You know, Dev and I have to go through that again. Where do hands reach? Because they're moving. Where do doors open? Because they're doing it. But they're very special. You know that. You can all relate to it. Somewhere during Christmas time, you remember, you look back, you see the mom, the dad, the uncle, the aunt, the, the children, whatever, and you recognize how special it is to be with them. But what we're looking at today is how God sees us. And he saw us through, he sees us through his son. He sees us through the work of his son. And as he begins to write here, I want you to look with me at another passage you'll see on the screen that Jesus, as after he came and was born and began his ministry, he walks into the temple, he opens up the Bible, and he reads these words in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Notice how closely this dovetails into Isaiah. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed and to proclaim the favorable day of the Lord. And I believe it says in Luke, he closed the Bible and it was done. And Jesus was simply saying, this is why I came. I came to set you free. I came to take the chains off of you. But if you notice, there's even more that we find within this. He came to uh, give freedom to prisoners, and he came to speak about, this is my day. This is the day of the Lord. We will never grasp how real that is, that we are living in God's day. God's got it. It doesn't matter what's happened. The Lord is still in control. He has got it. And Jesus here says, I came to preach this. I came to bless. And really, as I look at this context, I recognize within this 
at a special person, Jesus, with a special message, grace, came to a special people, his bride, his church, his children. And that's just amazing how God does it. But really, we will never appreciate how special we are unless we can see how special Jesus is. We've got to see Jesus and his, and his greatness, his glory, before we can see who we are in him. Because, see, it isn't about me. It's about him. It's never about me. It's always about him. And when we can see him, then we will understand and appreciate God's blessings. And many times, you look back in your Christian life, those times you struggled, and, and I can relate to it too, and you're just not quite grasping the joy of the Lord, it's because you haven't seen how special he is. Once you see it, it just opens up and, and the floods begin to flow. You know, God has uh, allowed us to go to a lot of places, a lot of countries, uh, many countries, and teach the word of God in many places in America. And one thing that I have noticed in going, no matter where you go, if you look and you pray, God will show you very special people. They'll just be there. He'll, he'll show it to you. I remember uh, the first time I went to India, I didn't really want to go to India. I thought it was dirty. I thought it was kind of rough. And you know what God did? He just had this little girl in one of the first settings I taught in, after the service, just crawl up in my lap and look at me as dirty as she was and give me a big smile. And I knew God really loves that girl. And God loves India. And that is what's so beautiful, is that you begin to recognize that God loves his people. Not just his church, but everybody. He loves the people, our neighbors on the street. He loves our enemies. He loves the people we're struggling with right now. God loves them. They're special to him. They may not be redeemed. They may not be a part of the bride of Christ, but God really loves them. And he doesn't let go of them. And it doesn't matter where we go in our lives, we'll recognize God loves his people. Have you ever been like me, though? You need a little reset? Yeah, you forget that? I, I had a situation one time, a lot of them like this, really, frankly, but... Uh, uh, one of them, I guess I could have told the story, Deb, the last service, but I think I'll share it this time. We were going back and ministering in the state of Indiana for about three weeks, and I was so busy in my work, and I finally said, how did I ever commit to do, the, do all that? And we drug into the Seattle airport, Debbie and I and a daughter that was here. Her name was Carrie at that time. She was like 16 years old, and we left the other kids at home. And when you're a young pastor, leaving all your family at home just ripped your heart out in a way but I'd given this commitment to a series of meetings. And we got into the Seattle airport and I was just dragging. And all of a sudden this, I didn't know it then, but she was a sister. It was crowded. It was probably about as many people as in the center aisle in a little 20 by 20 place. And she comes up and she plops with her knees right over one of these hard chairs like this and looked at us and goes, hi, I'm Dorcas. Isn't it a great day? And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's a good day. She's, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm going back to, I made a commitment as a pastor to go back to Indiana and preach a little bit. 
She says, isn't it such a privilege to preach? And I said, yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, it is. By this time, everybody's watching. They're, gra- they're gathering a circle around us. And here was this angel, I believe she was, who God had placed there to call us to the joy of the ministry. She says, do you have a family? I said, yeah, we have our daughter. We got three, le- we left at home, didn't have any grandkids in. She says, what do you like to do as a family? We almost did this this morning. We love to sing. They all love to sing. We was, gonna, we was thinking about putting the whole tribe up here, but I thought it'd get kind of disruptive. And she says, would you sing me, do you have a favorite song? And I says, well, right now it might be this one, bless thou the Lord, oh my soul, praise ye the Lord. It's a psalm. And she says, just bold as can be, sing it for me. And my, my, my daughter and Debbie was right there. and she, My daughter was starting to move away. She's like 16. I said, sing it for me. And I go, here? She goes, yeah, right here. Just sing it. So we started singing that song. And we sang the whole song. And this many people gathered around. Our kids love to sing. They're better singers than their dad. And we got done and... Uh, Dorcas says, don't you just love to minister? And I go, yeah, yeah, I I think I do. But see, what had happened is I had lost the special touch of seeing Jesus. And God brought it to me through Dorcas. It wasn't very long that they called our, our flight and we got in the plane and I looked and I looked and I looked and Dorcas did not get on. I have chills when I say that. Is it possible? Because God's done this several times, intersected our life. Is it possible? Is it possible that Dorcas was an angel? A special touch by God to bring us back to where we need to be. Sometimes to recognize, we've got to see it. And all of a sudden, uh, Debbie and I was singing another song and we used to sing called The Privileges of Gospel to Preach, one of my friends and the, A Soul to Reach. But when Jesus was calling these people here, he was saying, you're very special and my son is very special, but your work is very special too. The work you do in the spirit is very special and I see it. And Jesus says, I love it. Now, one of the things that I've been blessed right here, you know, we've merged, some of you don't know this, over the last six months, eight months, we've merged. God has blessed us to be able to watch special people we never knew walk into this church and say, how can I serve? Matter of fact, some of you here that came from the other church merges, the joy through which you serve has blessed me tremendously. But you do that because you recognize you're special. Because Jesus is special. And so if you notice with me right here, Isaiah's prophecy, and he says, uh, I'll give them a garland. That's in, in verse three. It's instead of ashes. It's a beautiful head covering. It's like a mantle around them. I will bless them in the spirit. The oil of gladness, you rejoice instead of mourn like I was with Dorcas. Now you could have called me out on that and I would have said, no, no, no. You just don't know what I just dealt with. But that wasn't the issue. God was calling me to, re- to serve joyfully and praise him and honor him completely. And that's what God, and so if you look, look here, what he's speaking about to special people, the special son of God, is God wants Christians rejoicing. 
He wants us with smiles in our faces and songs in our heart. He wants us to be running for him and living for him. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. The mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. They will be called oaks of righteousness. And I love to see that. You know, uh, we used to live in California, the big valley oaks outside our house, big, beautiful oak trees. They would get up 100 feet tall. And those oaks were such a landmark. They were so steady. They were a rock, a storm could go through, and the oak's still standing. When the Word of God speaks about a righteous person who is special in the sight of God, they're still standing after the storm. They're still walking with Jesus. They are still enjoying his fullness. And here Isaiah is writing about the blessing of God going out through Jesus Christ. And when you receive the blessing of God, you're a different person. You can't go back into the same old hole again. Every time I lose joy, it's because I'm not seeing Jesus. I might deny that for a moment, but it's as true as can be. When the joy of God, God has gone from my heart, I am not seeing Jesus. And when I see Jesus, the joy comes back. And all of a sudden, here comes the praise of God. John 14 and 12, I love this verse. It's challenged me so many times. You know, when Jesus would say, truly, truly, he repeats it, verily, verily, other translations, truly, truly. He's really saying, I want to emphasize something really, really important here. I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, will he do also? We say, that's enough, but that's not where Jesus ended. And greater works than these will he do because I go to the Father. And what Jesus is saying is, oh God, when I go back, they'll get stronger yet because my spirit will be in them and possess them and they'll go where I can't go and they'll be what I can't be and they'll, they'll share where I could not share. I was, he was still a man who died on a cross with the greatest work ever done. But you know what he's saying here? The church does a greater work if we'll let him. You see, it's not about pastors. It's not about all the leaders, you know who it's about? It's about you. Recognizing God, as messed up as my life has been, I'm special in your sight because you sent the, your son as a child of God and you claim that, I claim that by faith. As crazy as that sounds, I will go where I didn't think I would go. God's put us a lot of places like that, including right here in this church. And God, God said, now go and be what I want you to be and serve where I want you to serve and do what I want you to do. You know, I, I didn't bring this up, but we, I, I, I have a picture that my media team put together of the 1040 window. How many of you know what the 1040 window is in the Bible? There it is. Now what that is, that represents over 6 billion people. Two-thirds of the world lives right there. And in the 1040 window... Over 95% have never heard of Jesus. 95%. I used to not believe that until I got over there. Never heard. And then I, I think of Isaiah and other places. How will they ever hear if there isn't a preacher or a teacher? You know, one time I was in Myanmar by myself teaching for a couple of weeks and finding these little cafes to go to. And I decided to count how many times it happened. And there was never a, an exception to the rule. And these little Buddha waitresses would look at you kind of shy and they'd look at you and they'd kind of look at you and pretty soon one of them who knew English come over and said, sir, uh, what are you doing? 
And I would say, I'd have my computer usually, and I'd say, I'm reading my Bible. And she would say, what's the Bible? And I'd say, the Bible is God's word. And she'd say, who's God? Well, God sent his son Jesus. I don't know Jesus. Have you ever heard? And you know what, what I do, the Buddha, Buddha, especially those waitresses? I would tell them, you go home and you pray and ask God to give you a sign and show and see what happens because they pray, pray to Buddha every day and say, God, if you're there, I'm gonna pray and give me a sign. And you know how many times God has opens a door in the Buddha heart and in the Hindu heart by just doing that because they're very diligent prayer? It opens and God comes in. And when I came home, I told Deb, I says, I think I went 30 times in a row. 67 nations, 4 billion, 95% have never heard. You know, that breaks my heart, really, because I'm a missionary guy. If God gives me the strength, I'll be back in a lot of countries. I would go five places this year if I could. I don't know what God will do. But for some reason, I, I, my heart bleeds because so easily we can shut the lost out of our life. And I say this not because of that, because all we gotta do is get in this car and drive 10 minutes within surprise, any direction. And how many people do you think you met? And how many of them know Jesus? It's not much different than that anymore. Joshua had a statistics he gave last, he might give it closing today, of how many people really know Jesus. But when we see how special Jesus is, we'll understand how special we are to him but we'll also understand how special others are to him. And it begins to impact us. I didn't think I was gonna be a missionary. I'm kind of going, going a little different this time. Oh, all I was gonna do is go to China one time in 2002 and fulfill, to support a friend who'd been there for 30 years, 20 years at that time. And what happened is all I saw, all I saw was a group of special people singing praises to God with beat up guitars and little old keyboards they must have found in an alley and I was broken. And I realized I can't turn back from this, God. And God took me 15 times back into China and many other parts of the world. But we're special. And so is everybody else. And it's so, what's so beautiful is Isaiah is not only writing about that, but he's writing about the work that God did to make it special. If you get time, if you want a good study, study the book of Isaiah, take it deeper, and you'll see the work of Jesus almost going over the top of the book of Matthew. It's just so cool how Isaiah does this. But he begins to speak here also something else that is really interesting, and that is uh, what happens when we recognize how special he is, understand how special we are, and that heart turns toward other people. It moves out of the streets. It affects our jobs, guys, women. It affects where we're working. We're not the same people because we see more what God sees. And this is what Isaiah says as he comes to the end of uh, the, the verses we're gonna consider today. Uh, in verse four, he says, then they will rebuild the ancient ruins. This is the people of the Lord who have mourned, who have wept, who have been prisoners, it says, that's us. That is really us. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise up the former desolations. They will repair the ruined cities. The desolations of many generations. 
Okay, everyone's got a story here. Everyone's got a testimony. You know where it was. Dad messed up, mom messed up, they messed up. God gives us the grace by his spirit to rebuild the ruined city. Whatever that means. Maybe they just got caught in religion. Maybe they just got caught in, in doing all the rules. God says rebuild the ruined cities. And this is what Isaiah is saying. When we recognize the power of Jesus in our heart, in our life, it will affect how we see others and what we do. It flushes out into our life. If I'm not ready to do it, I haven't quite seen Jesus. You know, a lot of times what happens though, when, when you see Jesus, he'll show you his cross. You might have to let a friendship go. You might have to walk away from an addiction. You might not be able to be the buddy with everyone you wanna be. Jesus will show you his cross when you see Jesus. And the call of God, like this, I want you to go rebuild the ruins. What's that mean today? How does that flush out? They'll raise up, verse four, the former devastations. Go back, build the church back up. Be a builder on the team, not a destroyer. Put, a, put another log in the fire, another stone in the wall, do it. It is so easy to be critical. It is so easy to have the solutions for everybody else's problems and not realize that God just wants us to be a part of the solution and do it. Just get in there and do it. And if you notice with me, what else he says, they will repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations, and then notice how it, it look at the effect of that work. Strangers will stand and pasture your flocks. Foreigners will be your farmers and your vine dressers. You see what he's doing? It's outside of Israel now. This is what the church should be anyway. Multicultural, multi-generational, crossing all lines. Strangers will come in. Foreigners will come. They'll be your farmers. Prejudice is leaving. The respect of persons is leaving. Cultural biases are leaving that are, not, that are, that are rooted in our flesh. And you will be called the priest of the Lord. You see the work of God now? You will be called the priest of the Lord and you will be spoken of as ministers of our God and you will eat the wealth of the nations. Do you see how much God's saying, the blessing, my blessing will so overflow and pour into you when you will let me work through you as you see my special son and understand you have a special calling. Oh, I don't think any of us realize, really, none of us, how special the calling of God is in Christ Jesus he's given us. Someday, I've wondered if the judgment seat of Christ might be a place that we'll just get convicted because we realize, God, I didn't see them. Or they would have never listened to me. What if the Lord is, I've wondered, what if he just flashes up? There was an event, you remember that one, kind of like a video? There was one, remember when you used that story, you didn't have time? Now, see, one of my big sins is not having time. It really is. And the word of God says that you'll, you know, but notice what he says. Here comes the strangers, the foreigners, and you'll be called the priest of the Lord. You're people of God. That's what this church needs to, the message goes out of this church. It's not that we're just cool. We're people of God that love all the people. We love our communities. We love, we, we love people who are there. You know, sometimes people walk up to you, Pastor, why did you ever take a, such a risk? Most people don't. Most people don't ever talk to me that way. But you know what I'm saying? 
because from the time I got here as a pastor, my heart was that everyone across these streets could walk into this church and be happy and find Jesus. But I realized that might require a cost. You see, when God calls you to follow him, it, there is a cost associated with it. Peter left his nets, and Matthew left the receipt of customs, and he also tells us the same thing. But God calls us, but you're special. That's why. If God isn't going to do it through his people, who's he going to do it through? If, God, if, if revival isn't going to break out in the people of God, who will it ever break out in? We say, well, if we just get the right laws, if we can get the right present. No, that's not where it starts. It starts in the children of God. It starts in the hearts of men. One heart at a time, there, a fire breaks out and it spreads. Uh, I lived for many years, 25 years up in Washington. You see these big wheat fields. There's a time of year that all you gotta do is put one little flame on that wheat field and it'll just go pop. It's so ready. You know what Jesus said? The, the fields are white right now ready for harvest, but the laborers are few. I can't find them. You know why? Because we really haven't seen how special Jesus is because there's a trigger that happens with that. You see him, you see yourself, you see others, and you see what he can do through you to help someone else. You know, it doesn't take, I, I think of just the, What's gonna happen March 25th of this year, if God willing, if COVID doesn't stop it, is we're gonna see the, the handing off, the running of the Olympic torch one more time for the Olympics. You know, you know how far they run, 400 meters? That's a quarter mile. One lap around a track. And they take that Olympic torch and they pass it to someone else who passes someone else with one goal in sight, that that torch gets to the stadium where the Olympics are gonna be. Do we recognize that in the Lord Jesus, that is the same call of God. I am called to pass the torch. You can go where I cannot go. You can be what I cannot be. You will touch people I'll never touch. And the Holy Spirit tells me, pass the torch. I was praying, God, what's the last message that I should give in this church? Pass the church at this, this year, pass the torch. Take the truth and go with it. Carry it. Let it go on. And you know what the word says? They do it so diligently, but Paul said in Corinthians, they do it for a corruptible crown. Who's gonna win the Olympics? Five years later, it don't even matter. Two years later, it don't matter. Usually two months later, it don't matter. But this is an incorruptible crown. And if there's ever a time for the church of Christ to recognize that the Lord is calling us into his work today. He's calling us to walk with him. He's calling us to come forward and say, here I am, God. Here I am. I will, I will just go where you want. I believe it's today. You know, I am blessed to have an old elder friend that uh, he's gone. He's just was a couple years older than me. And maybe about three years ago, one day, Jeff just dies. Got brain cancer. Three months later, he's dead. You know what happened right before he left? He calls me over and I was getting to his house and he says, I wanna tell you something. I've got a young man in India who I'm a dad to because I led him to Christ 25 years ago and his name's Vinkana. And I want you to go to India and you'll become his dad because I'm gonna hand this baton to you. I'm not gonna live. 
And he says, you know what happened to Ben Kana? You don't know this because you didn't know any of this story. I led him to Christ 25 years ago, helped him get through college. But now he's running because he came to me and says, Dad, he never saw him face to face, just on the computer, just face live. He says, Dad, what do I do? And Jeff says, go back to the people that are just like you and share what you just heard of Jesus and let them believe. And all around India now, there are little teeny children's sinners that are rising up because this one man just simply said yes to God. Yeah, he's our son. We're not ashamed of that. I get, I get phone calls in the middle of the night because he forgets what time it is here. And I don't always answer him, be frank. But his heart is toward others. You know what else he sees? This is so cool. He, he's walking with Deb and I through, we've been there a couple times now, through these slums of India. He goes to the lowest, he's of the tribal people, below the 53 caste. It's the lowest of the lowest. And he says, Dad, isn't this such an honor that I have to be able to take the gospel of these people? What a blessing. And here's open odors and dark. And this guy says, I, I'm working at a castle. You know why he's doing it? Because he's seen the Lord. It took Isaiah seeing God before he would say yes to God. If we don't see the beauty of the Lord, we cannot see our own beauty. If we cannot recognize how great he is, we'll never understand how much he loves other people. It just will not be. But when we see that, amazing things begin to happen in so many ways. I want to read the rest of this chapter, and then we're, we're going to get wrap this up. But notice it says in verse 4 and 5 how they're going to rebuild ancients and raise up foreign devastations, repair ruined cities, strangers will stand and pastor, and foreigners will be your farmers. And you will be called the priest of the Lord, is what he says, and you will eat the wealth of all nations. You know, he's just simply saying, you will be so blessed when you serve Jesus this way. You know, Jesus has a real crazy but amazing secret. You never outgive him. Don't matter where you go. I've, I, I have uh, worshiped and taught in some of the greatest persecuted areas in the world. I've taken young pastors that have been in those places that watched all of their older leaders get gone and no one was over two years old as a pastor and cloistered them in little rooms, little huts, and taught them for four days. Day and night. You know what's interesting about those guys? Seven o'clock at night, you're so tired you can't move, and they will stay up till two o'clock in the morning and keep listening to the word if you'll, you'll, you'll allow them to. That's how hungry they are for the word. You see, they found it right here, though. They were one of those hungry guys that believed in Jesus, and God did these most amazing things in their life. And I'll leave there many times, and Deb hasn't always been with me, but she has a lot of the time. And I'll say, who really taught who there, God? But you know what happens? When you are doing God's work for the glory of God with the desire that it's propelled, you will just be blessed. I owe a lot to my mother this way. My mom is a prayer warrior, and my mom, we, we were fairly poor. I live in a fairly poor environment. And it was tough because we were not real social. And we were in a church. And, my, and you know what would happen? I'd see my mom so hurting because she couldn't even take us on vacation. So hurting. You know what my mom would do? She'd just start going to see other people and blessing them. She'd take out widows for lunches. And next thing I'd see the joy of the Lord coming back up again. When you are doing God's work, you'll never outgive him. 
And this is what Isaiah is really saying here. You're gonna be called priests of the Lord. You're going to go. John 17, 20 through 21. I just wanna leave this one with you. I'm coming to the end of this message. Uh, John just simply says, uh, uh, I do not ask on behalf of these alone. This is Jesus speaking. I don't ask on behalf of just these people, but on those who will believe in me through their word. You notice, not my word, Jesus isn't saying, not because they got a hold of the Bible, they heard from them. I am praying because I want them to go and speak what I am speaking. It's a great calling of God. It's a great commission. It is also a great privilege to go where Jesus has never been and share the same truth, just like Vincana, that you have heard at the feet of Jesus. Where did you hear from Jesus? You know, it took me a while as a young Christian to realize that Jesus really just, God, he was a loving God, not just an angry God, just every day saying, I've got 10 things you did today. Tomorrow you did three. You ever been there? Yeah, I think most of us have. But when you reach a point, you realize, no, this is about the Lord. And he, there's no one that roots for us like us. But when the Lord calls us beautiful, and what I've read today is only just a little speck in the cup, he really means it. You know why? Because he sees through us to the work of his son. And he says, I see through them to what my son did. And because of that, they're very beautiful because that was perfect. You see, we, can, we can't go out there and do it on our own. If we do, it will just crumble to nothing. One of the first things I do in teaching in a new area like that, in these, in, in these foreign areas you call it, you know what I find out pretty quick? They're my brothers and sisters too. I'll watch them laugh, I'll watch them cry, I'll watch a couple brothers get mad at each other. I've had to referee an argument of the two churches because the pastors weren't getting along. But you know what? They have the same needs that we have. But when I see God working in their life like that, they're not just a Chinese or a Burmese or a Cambodian or Cuban. They're a son and child of God, just like me. And when we can see that and we can look out, and I believe Jesus was, uh, God was speaking right through the prophet Isaiah. He was declaring this truth. He was declaring it mightily. These are my children. They're special. To be a special person, to go to special people. Because my son came to them. And that's kind of really simple when you kind of boil down the, the message this morning. We're just able to go because he came to us. And we're able to see other people beautifully because he sees us beautifully because he looks through us and he sees his son. But when that happens, something happens around us. Because he, he Isaiah spoke about it there. And here, here comes this blessing in verse seven. In shed of your shame, and you all know about shame, you all understand the wages of sin being death. You all understand guilt. You'll understand fear. But instead of your shame, you'll have a double portion. That's God's blessing. Instead of humiliation, they will shout for joy over their portion. All of a sudden now you're saying, God, have you ever just wanted to shout up to God and say, God, you've done so much. 
And he goes on and he says, therefore they will possess a double portion of the land. That's us. It doesn't mean I have three houses or I have, it means that what you have is God's and what God has is yours. And as a child of God, you can rest in that. And if you don't have God, you have nothing. Not anything, but the Word of God says, I'm going to give them a double portion of the land and everlasting joy will be theirs. And what he's just simply saying is, my blessings will see, will just overflow to them. But not only that, it will flow to others too. Because you know what happened? You'll never try to contain the blessings of God in this little bottle. When we stop and we believe, I'm, I, I'm special, I got it. No, God says, pour it out word out to that thirsty preacher. But you can never contain God's blessings because God's blessings are so amazing. And I covered an area that all week long, every week, the enemy comes and whispers in every ear here, no, you're different. He does. He does mine too. Matter of fact, a few days ago at Christmas, I was sitting here and for some reason I had a heavy spirit. And I go in the restroom over here, and a little boy is beside me. I never saw him before, and we're washing our hands. And this little guy looked up at me, and he says, Pastor, you have no idea how much of a fan I am of you. I didn't know who the guy was. I'm washing my hands, and praise God. No, God's rooting for you. He really is. And if I can encourage you as children of God that he really cares. And wherever you are in your life, uh, to allow that care to just touch your heart and that you can be filled with his spirit and just let him lead the way. You say, you don't know my family's deal. He does. He knows it all. You don't understand where I blew it, that nobody else knows. He does. You know what God, all God wants to do? He just loves to forgive. All he wants, I've experienced that forgiveness so many times that you come to God and you pour out your heart. He just, but you know what the enemy will say? No, there's a big old wall. You gotta climb over the top of this wall to get forgiveness. No, you don't. You just open your heart to God and say, God, I'm who I am. I need your forgiveness. And God will just pour out his grace and forgiveness in every life. Because you're special. Because he's special. And he's got a special work for everyone to do in this church. And I don't know what that'll be in 2021. I have no idea. I don't know. God does. But I know one thing. When he takes you and he places you where he wants you to go, you're in awe of his greatness and his glory and his work. He's an amazing father. And I want to reach out to anyone here. You said, I don't get this yet, Pastor. I don't get this. I don't quite understand that. I don't understand the special side. I think we start by looking to Jesus, the perfect Savior, God's only Son, who gave his life because he thought so much of us. And wherever we are today, I just want to encourage you that it's been a tough year. I hear that every, every day, every week. But you know what? In Jesus, this year can be a great year, no matter where we go. And I want to encourage you in Jesus to rise up to believe that by faith 
and live for him because he's coming again. But also, he wants to come for you and all the people you touch. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for everyone that's here. Thank you, God, for your word. It's alive, it's living. You know this, Father. This message is different than the first message because your, your word is alive and it's quick and it's powerful. And oh, Holy Spirit, I pray that we could just stop and see your glory in your face. And what a gift. Perfect. Without blemish, the Lamb of God. And to see you look at us and really care for us and root for ourselves and our children and our churches and our neighbors and husbands and wives that have walked away and how much you, you don't give up, Lord. And, oh, Father, thank you for being a special friend that sticks closer than a brother. Thank you for your love that never changes, your word that is always pure and right and holy. Have your way, Lord, in every life and every heart. And, oh, God, could you just in your way speak to the heart that you know doesn't know you right now? that they could just simply see how special you really are and how much you love them and how much you care for them and what it cost to bring them salvation. That they could say, Lord, I, I don't understand it all, but I believe by faith and I wanna be your child. In Christ's name, amen.